Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazu, live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. Welcome, y'all, to the Friday edition of the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. A lot of good stuff to talk about in the world of basketball. Unbelievably, April 1st, April Fool's Day. No April Fool's jokes here. We are getting closer to the end of the regular season. Most teams have about six, seven games left to play. Races are still tight in the East. Still some jockeying for position out in the West. But today, we're going to talk about a team in the East that I think at the beginning of the season – a lot of people said, oh, this team might be sixth, seventh, probably fighting for the play-in, but things have changed. And we talked about this team last month when my man Gary Washburn was on the show. We are going to talk about the Celtics with my guy, Josue Pavon. He joins me. He is the host of the co-host, I should say, of the Causeway Street Podcast, also Celtics reporter for CLS Media. He, this is his third time, I believe, on the show. Josue, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Nothing much, man. How are you? How are you? How's everything? It's been a while. It's been a while, man. But you know, you know, we're always going to talk some Celtics. I'm good. I, I, no, I no, 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 no. I know what that means, Dex. That means uh, the Celtics are relevant again. So you want to get yes. back on talk about Celtics. Got you. Got you. No, nah, man. When, when, when they're relevant, when they're relevant, you my guy. When it comes to inside stuff, you my guy. You're plugging them with the fans, the team, all of that, right? But there's been a lot going on with the Celtics. And as I was saying, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think you when we spoke, I forgot what month that was. I don't remember if that was October or November. But when we spoke, you yeah, know, we talked about what that. we yeah, what we thought the team could do. Was Tatum and Brown a fit? And then, you know, was it was the coach, new coach gonna work here? There was a lot of questions, right, Josue? Right. Um now the everything changed with the team. Um defense got better. Now we're talking championship aspirations, and we'll get into that a bit later. But I think the thing we gotta talk about off the top that has changed recently for this team about a week ago is the Robert Williams injury, the meniscus tear. Right? Yeah. And, and that's, that was the reaction from most Celtics fans. So how do you think this impacts the team? Because the defense had been humming, they're rolling, they were dominating teams throughout March and end of February. How much of an impact is this on the Celtics and what they can do in the postseason? It's a tremendous loss, Dex. There's no, there's no other way to cut it. I mean, like, Southern fans can try to be, you know, rational and thinking that, yeah, sure, you're, you're happy that they, these guys traded for someone like Daniel Tice, who I thought of as Rob Insurance, right? This is the first season where he, he's been healthy. This is the first time where he hasn't had a few weeks here or a couple of months. No, he's been relatively healthy all season long. So, you know, having that 
insurance on him is going to come in a big way right now because Daniel Tice is going to be able to do some of the things that Rob did or has been doing all season long, but he's not quite Rob Williams now. What I mean by that is he's going to be able to give you the athleticism, you know, protect the rim a bit. He's going to collect fouls and, and whatnot. He's going to give you a little bit of outside shot on the, you know, on the um, opposite end, but he's not going to be able to be that, that enforcer the way Rob Williams is. Rob has been the staple of that front court while Marcus has been the staple of the back court. And together it's been a championship defense for sure. I know you uh, used that word earlier and we'll get more into it later, but yeah, yeah. that's, that's the thing about the Celtics team, you know, throughout that incredible stretch, pretty much up until the injury, you know, the, the first six weeks of the, of the calendar year, or even into, deep into March, that was the best defense we've seen in a long time. Like I haven't seen a team like that able to switch in so many different positions. You know, guys like Al Horford up front, you know, Rob Williams, Jason Tatum. We're seeing a whole other side of Jason Tatum. And he's able to lift his game on the defensive side. And, and it's just been it's been in the championship defense for sure. But we weren't yes, quite sure but. this team could <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but we weren't quite sure if the team can put it together and be a championship team. We had to see it in the best of seven series. Now without Rob in the mix, it really complicates things for sure. So the thing I think, Josue, that's going to come from Celtics fans, you kind of touched upon this, was some people are going to say, hey, look, we got Daniel Tyson in, in the trade, uh, recently picked him up at the deadline. That's good for insurance. He's played in this system before, not, not the current system, but he's played for the organization before. Can Tice hold it down four to six weeks for Time Lord to be out? Can Tice hold it down without him there through this time? Can the defense still be strong? He does not give the same things as you mentioned, but can he right. hold it down? And can the Celtics win a round, or dare I say, maybe need to even two before he can come back? Can this guy hold it down while Time Lord is out? I think he can, Dex, but he's going to need some help. Uh, what I mean by that is Al Horford. I think the Celtics need him in a big way. Uh, I think they've done a good job in sort of conserving him. You know, they had that back-to-back last weekend. He sat out of both games. And, you know, that that was something that I think has to be the 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 mindset moving forward. I mean, you if you're the Celtics, you just lost your starting center. You know, like you have to start thinking about guys like Al and, and trying to sort of get a little bit more from him on both ends. So you're going to see an uptick in his playing time for sure. Uh, Grant Williams is another guy who I think has been tremendous this season, but he's in quite of a slump right now. So hopefully uh, the Celtics can get him out of that. But yeah, I mean, those are those, you know, those three guys lead by committee. I think they can get to the second round. I, I don't see a reason why the Celtics team can't get out of the first round, even without Rob Williams. Now, the big part of this news is, uh, you know, he underwent surgery, removing part of the meniscus, but they, they set a four to six week timetable. Like that's huge. That's big news for the Celtics fans, because at the end of the day, not having him and having, you know, part uh, not at 100 percent, not at full strength, Rob Williams, is still a big difference if you're the Celtics and you're trying to get out of the Eastern Conference. I mean, Dex, we've seen this conference before. It can mm-hmm. change in, a, in, in one year. This is a really good opportunity for the Celtics to make a deep playoff run. So I like the where the mind is right now. But at the same time, you have to also consider that this is probably the result of them not, you know, being cautious, but also knowing that it's the right thing to do. I don't think the Celtics would gamble gamble someone like Rob Williams, you know, rushing him back or, 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 or you know, trying to influence him into making that decision that'll have him come back over, you know, taking the long road and, and, and taking the season off and coming back, you know, and, and doing the rehab and all that. I think they're making the right decision because he's such a brand new contract this upcoming season. Yep. So why would you, you know what I mean? That's a big investment in the guy who's going to be essentially a pillar next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for the foreseeable future. So this is really good news that he's going to be able to come back. But the Southern's going to have to uh, pick up some momentum here. You know, start start regrouping, you know, get, get back to where they were because for the first time since January, they lost back-to-back games, and uh, it had been a while. 
So yeah, yeah, been a while losing back to back games. Uh, just to the Raptors and the Heat. So uh, a little bit of two tough playoff game. teams. Two yeah. playoff teams. Celtics have a game tonight. Uh, they will play the Pacers as a game. I think a lot of people think they should win, but we will see. So I think the other thing you talked about how good of an opportunity this is, Josue. Can the Celtics win the East without Time Lord, right? If he's not there, if they can't, if he can't come back, if they don't want to rush him back, which I'm in agreement with you, you want to protect that investment there. Can they win the East without him? I don't think so. I, I really don't, Dex. Um, if, if you're the Celtics, you're hoping to get him back in the second round at some point. Maybe he misses a couple of games or so, but that's going to be a tough opponent waiting for you in that second round, you know? Never mind the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I just think the defense is just not – it, it can't be as effective as it was without Rob Williams. Like he, he's just that important. Um, you know, with that being said, if if uh, he's able to come back within a month or so, you put him in that second-round series, I really like their chances against the teams like the Miami Heat, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks that might be waiting for them in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, in my opinion, those are the three teams that I think would give the Celtics the, the, the biggest, you know, trouble in the best-of-seven series. But outside of those guys, like, I, I really like their chances. And um, if you can – Avoid a first-round matchup against the Brooklyn Nets because we know there's a 100% chance that Rob Williams isn't going to play at all in that series. You try to do that. You try to avoid that series. So outside of that, I, I like the Celtics getting into the second round. But if Rob Williams isn't in the mix, I don't like the chance to coming out of the East. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be tough, as you yeah. said. But you know what I mean by you know, yeah. this, is that, this is that year, though, right? I mean, right, right. between, like, you got the – you got the heat, you know, moving people moving furniture during a timeout, you know, scuffles being broken out and whatnot. You got, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks is still strong, but the Philadelphia 76ers, this are this is still trying to get things together. The Brooklyn Nets don't know if Ben Simmons is gonna play or not. Like there's a lot going on with other teams around the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Chicago Bulls are starting to uh, you know fall a little bit when, when people are starting to, you know, crown them as one of the top four teams in the East, but suddenly that's all changed within the last couple of weeks. So like, that's what I mean by that. The Celtics can capitalize on this and have Robert Williams back into the fold. They're a really tough t- – that's a tough out for any other team in the Eastern Conference that's going to have to face Boston. Yeah, especially with the way that they have been playing defense. You and I were talking about this a little bit before uh, we started here. The defensive turnaround for the Celtics, right? Like, the guys finally bought into a Doka system. You've really seen that. This defense, why I've been so impressed, and I was saying it to you, is that <laughs> – you can't target anybody on this defense. They can switch everything one through right. five. Everybody can switch. They were playing so good. What has impressed you watching them all season from the beginning, you know, in October to where we are now with their defensive turnaround? What, what has really impressed you when you've watched the seas and just how good they've been on the defensive end? Just the overall effort, Dex. You know what I mean? Like from one through five, that starting, that starting lineup. I mean, look, I, I, I always said Tatum and Brown were going to set that tone. But they took it up to another level, and especially Jason Tatum. I mean, the effort on the defensive end of the floor, you can see the the, the big difference between the first few weeks of the season and what we're seeing now. You know, guys, you know, being active in the backcourt, you know, and if they're not on the floor, they're on their feet and cheering them on. I mean, I, to, to be honest with you, Dex, I feel like things switch because, yeah, they bought into Ime's system, but also because they, they, saw the, they saw the results. They saw the wins. They saw how easy it was to convert buckets offensively and you saw this team put up 130 135 140 points against opponents you know without overtime you know what i mean like in regulation like like that was the kind of stifling defense that left teams opposing teams just you know shoulders slumped like you know this is the end of the third quarter and they're just like can we just finish this game already like that was the kind of like defense that that kind of effect that was that they were having on opposing teams like i haven't seen the Celtics do that since kevin garnett was in the middle you know what i mean like like that's how 
effective this defense is. And when you have two top-tier scorers and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, especially one of them is surging right now because he did take another level here. And I'm talking about Jason Tatum. I really like the chances of, of coming out of the East or at least reaching the Eastern Conference Finals. However, that defense has to, has to be somewhat of what we, what we saw the, throughout February and, and, and March and, and, and soon as we got into the calendar year pretty much. We saw that. We saw they, uh, they turn things around completely, a complete 180. And this is not just from the Celtics, yeah. man. I've never seen an NBA team do a 180 the way they did on the defensive floor, the defensive end of the floor, man. It's it's incredible. Me either. And that defense, like I said, like you said, swarming all over the place, frustrating teams, dominating them. They were blowing teams out, right? And a lot of it was defense turning to offense. So it was very impressive. Exactly. When we, we talk about defense right. on this team, though, Josue. We talked about Time Lord. You mentioned this guy before. You cannot talk about it without talking about Marcus Smart at all whatsoever. Oh, I was talking with our guy, Brian Fonseca, about this. And we are in both agreement. If we had votes, we'd be voting for Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year. It's been a long time since a guard won it, since Gary Payton back in 96, I believe. Uh, Do you think he can win Defensive Player of the Year? Do you look at him in that elk? Is he such that player that should get the award this year? Or do you give more of the credit to Robert Williams? Or is it Marcus Smart that's really the linchpin of this defense for the Celtics? I think it's Marcus. I, I really do. I mean, Rob, you know, obviously everything I said about him is, is still rings true, what he does in the front court. But Marcus has just been not only the, the, the unofficial captain of the team, but he's just been the guy that's been holding people accountable. I mean, the first couple of weeks of the season, when the season wasn't out to the, to the start that people were expecting, he was the guy to call out Tatum and, and, and Brown. You know, he was the guy to, to hold people accountable and sort of be like what Emei has been trying to, instilling these guys out on the floor and it's paid off in dividends man you look at the stats you look at the defensive numbers and marcus in, in particular when when he's in in, in primetime games and having to defend you know the, the the best player on opposing teams like he makes a big difference you know he, he really does whether it's you know uh, uh, an elite all-star or or someone who who's a knockdown shooter i mean he's able to fight through screens he's he's calm he's calm plays out and he's also improved as a point guard and i think that's a big part of this too you know, giving him the keys to that, to, to you know, to making him the official starting point guard of this team, which is the title he's he's never really had. You know, I, I think that it, it meant a lot to him, and he was he was out to prove everybody wrong because there was a lot of doubters out there in mm-hmm. and around Boston for sure that was saying that this team cannot win with Marcus Barr as your point guard, and I don't hear any of those people now. Yeah, been really quiet. You know? uh, my, my man Court Stanley checking in, ten time Lord, best off ball defender in the league, Marcus. I can't say it like you Boston folks. Best on-ball on ball defender. Uh, shout out to my man, Court Stanley. That's that's my mentor right there. Uh, also, he he believes deployed by far, defense one through five. I'm, I'm on this train, man. Like, let's get Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. I think he deserves it. I think he's one of the best on-ball defenders. And come on, it's time, it's time for us to give the guards some love. You know what I'm saying? We, we haven't is, seen the guards is, in a while. It's time. GP it's time. GP was a while ago, man. It's a while ago, like man. Miami Heat GP. This is right. like 90s GP. Sonic, like Sonic's GP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic's GP. With so the joint, you, you know, the old school joint like this. Old school joint where Youngies you got, don't got even, the needle in there. Youngies don't even remember watching the Sonic. They don't, nah, they don't, they don't, a while ago. They know nothing. They know nothing about that, Josue. They know nothing <laughs> no. about that. So you talked about <laughs> you talked about the uh, the Celtics possibly wanting to avoid the Nets which I think a lot of teams at the top do want to avoid, right? They're looking like, hey, we don't want to do this. So who do you think is the best, what's the dream first-round matchup for the Celtics uh, if they could draw somebody right here? I mean, right now they sit, we'll get into this too, 
They're sitting at third. They would be against Toronto, which has its own issues. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But um, who do you think is the best possible first-round matchup for the Seas uh, heading into the next couple of weeks? Okay. I, you just said it, but the Southerners are being really, I don't know, what's the word? Sketchy. Coy? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> what, I don't know what we're going to say. Yeah. It's non-transparent. I mean, they're just like – yeah, they'll be ready. You know, Al Horford sort of had the same exact answer. It was asked out flat out, or, you know, it's going to be any trouble with you playing in Canada if that series happens. And he just pretty much said, if it happens, I'll be ready for that. So I'm like, well, what does that mean? Are you going to get vaccinated tonight? Like, what's going on here? Because uh, this is a realistic possibility that this first round matchup with the Raptors could happen. And um, no one can really give you a clear cut answer, it seems like, you know. Um, Ime Udoka sort of tip- tiptoed around it. He even gave uh, the no comment at one point uh, when, when asked if, um, you know, uh, the, what, what Toronto was doing. And, and look, I guess it's, it's not fair to say he hasn't been completely, you know, transparent. But I mean, no, what am I trying to say? It's fair to say that he hasn't been completely transparent, but we also don't quite know what Toronto is expecting. Right. We don't know if this is, you know, uh, if the double vax is enough or if, if this is a matter of, you know, get, getting the uh, the booster. You know, because they, they changed their rules in January. And that's another part to this, right? A lot of people are confused because Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, yeah, they did play in Toronto in November, but the rules have changed since January 15th, and they have not played. They did not make the trip to Toronto, um, you know, that week, that last weekend where everyone was out except for, in, in starting line, except for Marcus Smart. Um, Al Horford was marked as um, out for personal reasons, whereas Jalen and, and Tatum, um, they had, uh, I don't know, nagging soreness you know very vague responses but i mean that's my only thing um i don't know if he just doesn't want to clear the entire team which is fair right maybe it isn't those guys maybe it's you know one of the guys coming off the bench that they're not quite sure if they'll be cleared but hopefully that's the case hopefully they'll be ready to go because outside of that i like the Celtics' chance against the toronto raptors look i know they beat them in overtime last weekend without all those guys in there but um i, I don't think that happens if if um if, if you're seeing a, a complete you know Starting five, Celtics starting five without without Robert Williams, of course. I, I like the Celtics' chance against those guys. So you like you like them against the Raptors. Are you concerned about this vaccination drama a around bit. the team? In that, yeah. like that needs to get resolved before there. And and I guess the other thing in being around the team, I would ask you is, do you get the sense that nobody on this team wants to be Kyrie Irving? Black, but they don't want to let the team down, especially right. with the opportunity that you're saying you believe the Celtics have. Do you get the sense from the guys that nobody wants to let them down in the first round if they have to play Toronto? I get that sense. I get that sense for sure because we saw it, right? We saw what Kyrie just went through. We saw the entire season of this back and forth. And um, I don't think they want to be on, on, on that side, you know, especially with the, the way that these guys have been playing. You know, the momentum has slowed out a bit, but. You know, there's five games left here, so you got plenty of time to pick things back up. And the last thing they need is some sort of distraction like this to just disrupt everything. Now, of course, that would mean they could still, if, if anyone wasn't clear to play in Toronto, sure, you still have them in Boston. But just that back and forth, I, I just don't think that bodes well for what this team's trying to do right now, especially when you're already shorthanded without Robert Williams. The last thing you need is to have somebody out of, you know, someone from your your rotation not, you know, unable to play because of because of this, essentially, because of vaccines and going into Canada. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think you want that. And like I said, you don't want to mess up the opportunity. You've seen, seen that drama here in Brooklyn long, long enough. All right, so you talked about how you like the Raptors as a matchup for the Celtics, but who would you want to avoid? Who's the nightmare matchup for the Seas? I, for me, you know what I think right now, Josue? With Time Lord being out, 
you don't want to see the Bucks if there's any kind of way they can go no, because no. you you really need Tom Ward as a guy that you can throw on Giannis. Um, yeah. Without him, that makes it difficult. Are the Bucks a nightmare matchup? Is it the Sixers? Who do you think is a nightmare first round matchup for the Celtics? Um, yeah, the Bucks would be would, the Bucks would definitely be a nightmare matchup. I mean, I, I, that it is possible, but I, I'd be surprised that happens. But yeah, that that would be tough. Um, I'm gonna say yeah, the Bucks, um, the Sixers. I, I think um, you like you like what Al can do defensively against someone like Joel Embiid. But you need Rob there as well. Like I, I think that blowout win was probably one of the most impressive ones of the season because what they were able to do against that team, you know, just completely dominating from start to finish. So I, I think Rob has a big, big part of that. Um, but out of the other other teams, more real, realistic possibility. Yeah, you still have to worry about Brooklyn a bit. Um, Brooklyn is definitely where you know that that's that's a team that you don't want to see, and. Um, you know, without Rob, maybe the Hawks too. The Hawks could be a team that could, you know, could could give you a a, a seven game series. You know, and they've given the Celtics trouble before, especially on the road. So, but that's it. I I I I'll, I'll put the Hawks in there. I'm gonna say the Hawks and the Nets, and then of course, of course, yeah. You know, you you want to stay clear of the Bucks if you can. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I see that. I, I Giannis could be a, a problem without Robert. Williams. I think that's the second round. That's the part of this as well because even let's say hypothetically, if they were to see them in the second round, like Rob, mm-hmm. he's not gonna you're not gonna just throw Rob in there right away. He's got to ramp up a bit. He's got to start doing workouts. So he's probably gonna miss a game or two to start the series, and that could that could decide a series. You know, so it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens, how the bracket breaks down because. Even though it's only five games left, it's still very, very close to call, man. It's crazy what the East is doing right now. Like all these teams and you know comp- competing for uh, to, to to lock in these uh, playoffs playoff seeds. Yeah, man, East is tight and very, very, very tight. All right, let's talk about your boy Jason Tatum because, like we said, back in the top of the year, it was like, oh, is it Tatum's team? Is it Brown's team? You told me this last year when we talked. Somebody needed to be established as the clear alpha dog on this team. I believe looking at it, Tatum has done that. Tatum has made an incredible leap this year. There's been incredible strides, particularly on the defensive end, Josue, that mm-hmm. has impressed me with his game. How impressed are you with his leap? And Is it time we start talking about him as a top 10 player, maybe even higher? Because I think he could get some second-team All-NBA votes here. This could really happen for him. Yeah. The guy's I think this, dope. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that happens for sure. I think, I think All-Second-Team is probably – uh, realistic and in terms of top 10 I, I mean if you really go through the list and i've done it i did it on causeway street recently like i, I don't see a way where you you don't include them like I, I don't i can't name 10 players in the nba right now that that are better than jason tatum i i just think he's he's made that leap he's 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 hit that tier of being one of the top you know one of the better scorers who's just rounding out his game to sort of almost like a almost like a young lebron man like a young simba in a way man like l- listen the effort on defense, and Dex, you can attest to this, right? That was the time when, you know, maybe the last year in Cleveland, going into Miami, like, that's when LeBron started to really dominate. Like, look, I'm not trying to call this guy LeBron. I'm not saying Tatum's going to, you know, be the best player in the NBA next season or that he's he's in that conversation. But the tools that he's adding to his game is putting him on that on that track, you know, to be a top five guy. But top ten, he's there already. Uh, I, I think last season people were sort of flirting with that question. But now I, I don't think it's there's no question. You know, I don't think it's a debate at this point. He's 
whether you want to say six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there, he's he's there. Like, you know, I, yeah. I think that's fair at this point. At this stage in his career, I think that's fair. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day too. I I missed that you had done that list on the podcast, but I was thinking about it the other oh, day. Oh, it's coming out. Like, it's actually gonna come out later today. So yeah, it's brand okay, new. So I, I thought I, there's that we got a little tease there. That's all yeah, that's always go. good. Brand there new. If go. y'all want to hear that and the breakdown on that, please check out the Causeway Street podcast. Shameless plug, man. I wasn't planning. I swear. Nah, man, no, nah, we 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 all we're all we're all about the promotion here. But no, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, man, he's definitely top ten. I'd be stunned if he's not getting some second team. All NBA votes. I think there's some argument even on the first team if he could get in as a guard. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, but, I think that's know, what that's what did him in last year of not getting. Yep. It, you know, and you and know, that, and he wasn't happy about that. We know that. Yeah, yeah. that hit that hurt his wallet a bit, right? It hurt his wallet. Hurt the first a strings bit. a little bit. Yeah, hurt hurt <laughs> it just a bit. But nah, man, Tatum Tatum's been crazy. If y'all haven't been watching the Celtics, Tatum's leap has been insane this year. So yeah. It's fan, you gotta be excited about that. Okay. Listen, he's making Celtics yeah. history right now, man. No other Celtics has had as many uh 40 point plus games. You know, uh, he's he he just like once you're in the company of the Larry Burge conversation, like I, I know pretty good company. You know, watching this team growing up, once once Pierce started they started doing things that put him in oh, the first Celtics since Larry or the first Celtics, you know, you know, since McHale, whatever, it's like, oh, okay. It's like that now. You know, like Tatum mm-hmm. is, is is he's becoming one of the better, if better scorers the Celtics franchise has seen. Like I, he's he's catching, he's doing this in a hurry. I feel like, and if you know the way the Celtics have this thing planned out, if he's here to stay for his entire career, man, he's gonna start putting his name. He's gonna start knocking people off as he climbs up these lists. He very well has a chance to do that. Okay, Josue, here's my concern with the Celtics. Right, they got the window. They got. We're talking about some championship aspirations here. But I'm going to keep it real. I do not love the bench. Okay, I got concerns about the bench. Can you get yes. enough scoring off the bench? The Can shaky, you keep that defensive? Shaky. Yeah, it's shaky. That's so I, yeah. I I'm concerned. So the question is, are they deep enough? We talked about how we got Tice coming in now to help with Time Lord being out. That's a great addition that they made. Derek White's also been a great addition that's been coming off the bench and playing very well. But past that, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not that feeling that great about that. How yeah. are you feeling about this Celtics bench? And are they deep enough? To make that championship run, they're top heavy. They're very, very top heavy, and it's and it's been a it's been a discussion all season long about addressing their shooting. Right, like that's something that's just they just can't seem to find some consistency. I mean, but then they have those nights where they'll drain you know 16, 17 three pointers as a team. Like it's hard to say, but it's streaky. And coming off the bench, whether we're talking about Derek White or Grant Williams, you know, Peyton Pritchard is starting giving you some sparks here and there. Like that, all that is great. You know, they're going to be able to do that, but we don't know which guys are going to step up night in and night out. And and that's a humongous, you know, question mark to have going into a best of seven series. You know, I don't care if you're going, who you're going up against. Now, Derek White has found some consistency in the past couple of games or so, but in terms of shooting, he's not that guy. Man, He's the mid-range king, you know, and, and I think that's a part of his game that, I, that he could carve out and it's going to be uh, an asset for for uh, for Ime moving forward because he does a lot for this team when he comes in. I mean, not only as the floor general, not only as that guy who has to lead the defense on the on the uh, opposite end, but he has to score a little bit. And I think that's a part of his game that you know when you look at his contract, when you look at the when you look back on the track, this is what Celtics fans do. You know, <laughs> two future firsts. It's like, well, wait a minute, like what do we sign up here for? It's like, well, this is just kind of who he is. Like he's not going to be a forty five percent three point shooter. He's not going to be. Somebody is going to give you 25 points, you know, off the bench or so. But what the Celtics are hoping he can do is be somewhere, you know, 13, 14 points a night, you know, in the playoffs, right? Um, 
someone that can give you a couple threes here and there, control the offense a bit, you know, lead the defense, kind of stop the bleeding, so to speak. And I think that's the identity that this second unit has to start carving out. Defense has been the identity of this team overall, but that lead seems to dwindle a lot of the time when the when these second when the second unit comes in and they they can't come up with points. When the defense is on point, when you see guys really buckling down and coming up with stops and Grant Williams is doing his thing, it leads to easy buckets. It leads to more open threes for Peyton Pritchard. And it leads to them controlling the game while the starters get their rest. So, but, but that's a, yeah, that, that's a, that's a big part of this here, you know, going into the postseason because, you know, he tends to keep one of his starters or a few of his starters with those second unit. And, you know, without, with, without Rob, that's going to start to add up real quickly for guys like Al Horford, you know, for, you know, guys in the front court, like Daniel Tyson, sometimes can get into foul trouble, you know, you know, Grant Williams, if he's having an off night, it's, it gets really slim, you know, slim pickings for, for guys that can come in and give you production. Does Ime, do you think Ime in the postseason is going to trust more of those guys? Is he going to just keep it to the seven man rotation? Well, you know, that can hurt, like you said, some wear and tear on a guy like Horford. Do you think he'll go eight, nine deep in the playoffs? How do you see him playing this? With nah, the depth, man. you're shaking your head at that. No, no, no that, that's, just, that's just okay. not how he, this is <laughs> that's not not how he rolls. rolls. He's on, yeah. he's on that Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. He ain't going that deep. Exactly, okay. yeah. exactly. He's that guy that, like, after Christmas, all of a sudden, like, you don't have to take your warm up anymore or take your warm up off anymore because you know where you stand with the team. And listen, that doesn't mean that things can't change. I just don't see him doing making that kind of a drastic change. You know, right out the gate, these next five games, maybe someone like Neesmith can squeeze in there. Maybe he's your ninth guy. But for the most part right now, it's the bottom of it. The the, the, the end of his rotation is Peyton Pritchard. Um, if he's not feeling it, you're not going to see him clocking any more than like 11 minutes. Uh, you know, Grant Williams is uh, right. He's technically spot starting right now. Personally, I like to see him go with Daniel Tice in the postseason. We'll see what he does there. But um, I and because of that. For this reason, right? I yeah. think Grant is able to be more productive when he's when he's going up against uh, opposing second units um, on both ends. That, that's not a knock on his uh, his offense because his offense has come a long way. Believe it or not, he's one of the the best three point shooters the Celtics have right now. Like he's pretty consistent when he when he gets going from from deep. But um, yeah, like it's uh, outside of that, I, I, I think the Celtics again they're, they're gonna have to really help. Uh, they're gonna have to need some extra help from from guys like Al Horford. And, and from guys like Daniel Tice, you know, Tice, Tice put together a great, a great double double against the, the the Raptors. He was six for six, in in, in the um in the recent loss against the uh, the Miami Heat. So he's he's you know he's in a groove right now. He he knows where he stands in the in the rotation right now, and it, it's really truly up to him. You know, if he wants to uh if he wants to be a thirty minute you know thirty minute per game starter, or if he wants to be one of those guys that comes off the bench, you know. But he's he's got it. I like his possibility. I like his chances of being a starter. And I think that's, that's what's best for this team right now. Grant Williams, look for him to get some, some minutes there. Okay, with this team, we talked about, you know, not a lot of depth there. But the chemistry's been there throughout the season. I thought one of the better things that we saw, Josue, was once they got Schroeder out of there, there wasn't a guy where the ball just really stuck in his hands. The ball seemed to be moving around more, which is what Ime was preaching to the team at the beginning of the season, which was like, t- trust the process in the offense. Right, right. Where do you see this team's chemistry at right now? as they head into the postseason, because it seems like it's been pretty strong. And that usually helps when you have an injury like Williams for a team to be able to withstand that. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's still pretty strong. The only concern is going up against teams like the Miami Heat. Now, this is a habit that the Celtics were doing a lot in the beginning of the season where 
they would put together one of those games where you're like, okay, they're playing the right way. They're sharing the ball. Everyone's being vocal on offense. The switching is working perfectly, which is what I thought was happening against the Miami Heat. Now, granted, you know, this is the Miami Heat we're talking about. So they're coming out with that same energy as well. You don't have Rob Williams out there. So I thought Bam, you know, was feeling pretty comfortable down low. So it was a relatively close game. However, in the fourth quarter, when the when the Miami Heat switched to a zone, now I, I'm not saying that this is the key reason, but because the Celtics were able to survive the zone, all right, they the, the Miami Heat stopped them for five straight possessions. The Celtics bounced back. They broke the zone. They you know fought right back. They got their lead, but they didn't protect it. And like that's what that's what worries me. That when teams come roaring back, when someone like um, was a hero, I forget who. Yeah, it was hero. I think it was hero. No, no, it wasn't hero. It was um, it was uh, what's what's it here with? What's the guy, the, the, the shooter, the guy from my... Duncan Robinson. No, it wasn't Robinson. He comes off the bench. Uh, what's his... Lowry, I believe it was. Oh, Lowry. Lowry, Lowry. Yeah, 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 okay. Back-to-back threes, and all of a sudden, they go back to hero ball. You know, or at least that's what it felt like, where it was like guys were just sort of... And look, I love the fact that they were going to the rim. I like that they were able to challenge guys and not settling for the three-point shot. But when you got the Miami Heat's wall waiting for you at the rim, it's like you can't rely on the referee every single time. And I think that's a part of this as well. Like... The Celtics have done a really good job of being effective and getting to the rim. But when teams like the Miami Heat are figuring you out up until the fourth quarter and they're waiting for you there, you guys, you got to switch things up, you know. And I thought a lot of the time they try to force the issue because this has been working for them for so long and they haven't lost back-to-back games since, you know, early January that when the calls weren't there, they started to pout and it got them out of their game. They cannot do that against top-tier teams because, you know, that, that's going to be the result of a best-of-seven series, you know, in, in the first round when you don't have Rob. You can't afford to lose a couple of games like that. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a game seven, you know, win or go home. You know, So the Celtics team are going to have to really adjust in late game execution. You know, scoring one field goal in the last four minutes is not going to cut it. And that's something that I think is good to happen now for them to get over that hump and try to figure things out, you know, life without Rob between now and, and a potential second round series. Yeah, so got a little bit of time to figure it out. Okay, I know we got to get you get you out of here, but. Last question. This, this is the What's money up? question. This is what every Celtics fan wants to know, Josue. Are the championship aspirations for this team that we've heard some teams talk about? I think it's 538 has them projected as the best team to win the championship right now. Well, that was before the Robert Williams injury. Yeah, that but changed everything, man. That changed everything. So before <laughs> that, they had that. But do you think, especially if he, Robert Williams can come back, can be healthy, are championship aspirations for this Celtics team legitimate i think they're legitimate however it's really hard to say because we don't know who's going to come out of the west but in terms of them winning the east yes i think they're legitimate um a a best of seven series against a team like the warriors against a team like the suns i mean it's hard to say right now dex it really is but in in terms of them winning the east i I think it's i think it's a possibility i do uh, again, but Rob has to be a part of that Rob has to um has to make the comeback has to be in the middle you know being effective, catching out of on the on the opposite end. So yeah, I, I mean that that's a that's a huge that's a huge hole in the middle. But at the same time, Tatum has reached his, uh, a new notch. You know, I I think there's a lot there's a lot to be said about Tatum, Brown, and Marcus. Right? Um, they can't, they've come so close to the NBA Finals. Like it's not even fun. Like <laughs> the first time, granted, that was Tatum's rookie year. He dunked on LeBron James. You know, the Celtics had a good lead. About 10 minutes left to go in the game seven against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Tatum never touched the ball again. They lost. That's a great learning experience for a rookie who played in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. However, you fast forward to the bubble, you know, a grueling best of seven series. Now, Tatum's gone on record to say, he told JJ Reddick on that podcast that 
that was the most challenging series I, I ever been a part of, you know, going up against the Toronto Raptors. And then when you go up against the Miami Heat, he, he, he went up against a bigger giant and, and they fell, you know. I think this is significant because they want to get over the hump. Marcus Smart wants to get over the hump. You know, Marcus has a couple of tales of his own, you know, when he was younger and, and playing with guys like Isaiah and, you know, and, 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 um, and Kyrie Irving. So I just think you, when you, when you couple all that together, the hunger is there, the leader, the leadership is there, the focus is there. And I also think that the overall experience can really push these guys. I know last season was an afterthought for a lot of Celtics fans because going into the series, you didn't feel good about it and heading out of it and watching Kyrie Irving stomp all over lucky. You were like, man, this team is nowhere near the Brooklyn Nets, but things have changed now. And I think, the fact that Tatum was able to have that big 50 point game and that that's the seven. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I can do this in the playoffs as well. You know, like, look, I'm not saying Tatum doesn't like, he doesn't ball out in the playoffs, but he's never put together a game like that. And all of a sudden he's putting together games like this ever since the turn you know, the calendar year. And I'm like, man, what's going to happen in the playoffs? I think Tatum's going to have a couple of big performances in this, in this uh, postseason, and, and I think it's going to be one of those look out. He's hot the Celtics will go as far as Tatum will take them. I really do think it'll boil down mm. to that. However, defensively, they have to be somewhat of what we've, what we've seen all year long. And Rob Williams is a big part of that. All right. Well, we will see what they could do. I know, that was a lot, Jake. Now, that, hey, that. hey, it's a lot. The Celtics fans, they, they're going to be hype up in Boston this spring. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're going to be hype. As long as, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to check in on you if the, the Nets and them match up somehow. I'm gonna have to check in on you. See well, what do you think? I up. mean, they got to be at least a dark horse in your opinion, I right? Mean, like they, they got to be the team you don't want to face in the East. Yeah, but yeah, but here's here's my thing, Josue. Here's my thing on the Nets, and and I'm probably gonna even get into this more next week. And this was a concern we saw last night with the Nets playing the Bucks. I'm a little bit concerned about their defense, right? Anytime you have a series with Kyrie and KD, particularly KD and how great he can be, you know it's gonna be tough, but. The Nets can't stop anybody right yeah, now. Yeah, you, saw, really you saw that last game. What was that? Three, three, four weeks ago, that Sunday afternoon game where the Celtics played the Nets. And oh, what was yeah, it? Yeah. Tatum and Tatum was killing, right? Tatum was killing them. And I was saying, man, you know what the Nets need right now? Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> they need Ben Simmons. <laughs> they need somebody that they could throw on Tatum because yeah. that's my thing. There's not a lot of people that can stop Tatum right now, which is why I hear your point if right. they go that far. Should there be some concern against the Nets? Yes, I think so. But I actually think the Celtics are better defensively, and I don't trust the Nets right now to get stopped. So I'm not as high as everybody else. It's a long way of me saying yeah. concerned, but I'm not as high on them as being together as a team as some other people may see in terms of yeah. still winning the championship. But a healthy fear is reasonable. I'll say that. You know fear. what it is, Dex? Yeah. I, I literally – everything you just said it just made this click in my head literally just now. Yeah. I think we just haven't seen this team without Rob going up against those guys. You know what I mean? Like, there's right. always something. You know, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets have been hurt. They were, they've been so many you know, guys missed games last year. The Celtics, the same thing, whether it was because of COVID or whether because of legitimate injuries. Like, seeing that sample of what a Rob Williams led defense looks like against this team was like, oh, man, bring it. Best of seven series. I love the Celtics' chances, but then now you take Rob out of the mix. It's just like that Whoa. does change it. That does because, change it. Yeah. Man, you got you saw Durant go go right. There's a wall there. He goes left. There's a wall there. He had to really fight for those points. Now, granted, he, he'll get he'll get his. He'll get his. You know, but he's gonna take him like 25 shots to get there. You know what I mean? Like I love that about this defense. And I love that he looked rattled. And I love that they were sort of scrambling. And you know, the Seth Curry's and the, you know those shooters are always gonna kill you as well. But right. you, if you make those guys a little bit uncomfortable, you're not going to stop someone like Kevin Durant. But if you can make them a little bit uncomfortable and you're 
and you're scoring at the end, you know, on, on those defensive stops, the stuff's constantly been doing, doing over and over again. Like, that's what made them so dominant. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, the, the, the Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's defense is looking very, really shaky right now. But so are the Celtics, you know, so it's tough. <laughs> right. It's, 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 it's tough. We'll see. I'm hoping the Celtics can get back to that same level of defense. Everybody, that is Jose Pavon, co-host of the Causeway Street podcast. You also see his reporting that he does for CLNS Media. Jose, I know we're going to talk again during the playoffs. We'll have you back on once definitely the playoffs back. starts. We got we to gotta definitely talk some Celtics basketball for sure. Let's do it, man. I'm telling you, it's yeah. gonna be a fun ride. Yo, you, yeah, we'll, uh, you New Yorkers, you know, y'all can, y'all can get into this. It's cool. It's all right. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if we're gonna get into rooting for Boston. I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> but you know me, I'm a, I'm an NBA I'm not junkie. Saying, so, put you your know. Jason Tatum jersey on. Nah, it's yeah. not. It's not. You can, you can quietly cheer for us. It's okay. It's all right. I, I, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen, but you know, <laughs> things, things may change. That's Jose Pavon. We're we'll gonna be fall back. in love with this team. <laughs> Y'all fall in love. Oh my god, I got him. I don't know about that. Fall in love. That is Jose Pavon. Hey, Definitely go the ahead. Way I, the way I was following that, the way I was following that Suns run last year, that's gonna be you with the Suns. Oh, I, I love it. that team. Oh, I would love the Celtics it. and Suns NBA Finals. That's I my would, dream. I'll tell you what, I'll sign. For I'm that. bored. I'm bored. Everybody wants to. Everyone wants to see Golden State. I'm bored. I know. Give me Phoenix and Boston. I love that. I think that'll be a good defensive matchup too. I'll sign Defense for that. Exactly. I'll exactly. sign for it. I'll sign for it. I'll root for the Suns, but I'll sign for it. <laughs> I'll sign I for it. I knew it. And there knew you it. go. That's Josue Pavon. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining me, man. Next week, guys, we'll be back. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. You will see Josue on the show again throughout the playoffs. For Josue Pavon, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.